and welcome to What's On at Cineworld Cinemas. I am Luke Owen. And I'm Dan Layton. Hey Dan. Hi. How's your week been? Oh fine. Yeah? Yeah, just moved house. But I mean that comes Mildly with its own stressful. stresses. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot. But I now live um, literally a, about a four minute walk from Cineworld. Oh. Isn't that the best? I know. I used to have this. I remember when, like, when I first moved to London, I lived a similar distance from the world. And one of my favourite memories was a day I had off work. I was working at a bookshop at the time, and I had like holiday to use up at the start of the year, so I just used it. And I remember going to see a movie in the morning, and then coming home and being like, "What should I do with the rest of my day? I'll go and see another movie." <laughs> and I did the one-two punch of the Imitation Game and the Theory of Everything mm. on that day. That was a good time. As someone who loves books a lot, what yes. was it like working in a bookshop? Oh my god, I had the best time but also it's still retail don't get me wrong like christmas retail is intense wherever yeah. you work but at a bookshop it's like slightly better and i worked in central london i worked in Trafalgar square wow at waterstones so i served our current prime minister a few times um he always came in with his bike helmet on um but undone it was the whole thing um and bought poetry for one of his children mm. And innumerate children. Um, we're doing political comedy on the on the cinema podcast. I'm really, I'm really being edgy. No, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if anyone could hear that. That was the sound of my butt going. Rrr. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's a lot of fun at a, at a bookshop. I um, my favorite is the is the people who come in because I remember one of my favorite things was someone came in once and they were asking they were um, asking for something someone had told them about and they were like I'm looking for the Law of the Rain. And I was like, The Lord of the Rain, interesting. Maybe it's a Kalatasani book, I don't know. Um, I haven't heard of it. And they were like, yeah, it's, someone told me about it. It's called The Lord of the Rain. And um, it's about um, sort of magic and, the, and there's, there's uh, elves in there. And I was like, do you mean The Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, we do. So it's that all the time, every yeah. day. I used to work in a video game. Uh, I used to work for GameStation. No, in... I, I used to work for Game. So oh, between oh, us, yes, of course, yes, we've, we've had, had this. Rivals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I used to work at the one in uh, Portsmouth, and I tell the story a lot because it makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Someone once came in and said, "Ear mate, have you got that Tom Hanks skateboarding?" <laughs> Tom Hanks skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Tell me, that's I what we someone... said. We had a bad conversation. Be like, wouldn't that be the best game ever? Yes. All of Tom Hanks's characters, like Forrest Gump, Woody. Oh, I would love for someone Big. to like. You know, the, we, Technology's moved far enough ahead that someone can make that happen for us. Not necessarily a full game, at least just a video. Or are we now sort of about Tom Hanks in the Multiverse of Madness, where he goes and visits Tom? Like, so the movie is it's Tom Hanks the actor who yeah. finds a portal to go and meet all of the characters, all of his characters that he has played. And you could use like you know the sort of de aging technology, yeah. so he could play like himself from Big and Turner and Hooch and and you know, Splash oh and all gosh. this sort of stuff. And he can go through it, and then they all have to come together to fight. Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would have to be the baddie of a, of the Tom Hanks multiverse movie? Who's the has Tom Hanks what ever is, played a villain? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess they could all they could all band together to save him from terrifying Meg Ryan in the <laughs> in the absolute thriller that is Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle is a movie that I don't get me wrong, I love, big Nora Ephron fan, but. Everyone pitches it as this beautiful romantic comedy. It is a terrifying psychological thriller. Isn't it? She just... stalks him across the country. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's no When Harry Met Sally. Nothing is. No, absolutely not. Uh, so Chris Barnes on the uh, the comments from last week's video said, "Dan was always my favourite stand-in for Luke and Ollie. I love that he's permanently on here now." Oh, you, you. And original says, "Dan's passion for these rumours is great. He's saying how I feel." I'm I'm a man of the people. Mm -hmm. I'm an everyman. What I like about Rich North's comment there yeah. is that he is used. An emoticon. Oh, huge fan of anyone who uses an emoticon. Yep, that is. What's a your favourite one? Um, I am actually quite partial to the colon capital D. 
So it's like a big, but a actually, big when I was uh, a youth and I was using MSN Messenger, oh, yeah. I was always a uh, colon capital P. So, wow, so you know, a bit, a bit cheeky, out. Bit cheeky on that one, yeah. I, uh, it's a good you flirting have a, tool, uh, that one. Did you have a shiny lol? <laughs> no, I didn't. Have I a had a glittery lol. And, uh, and uh, um, I also had a Michael Jackson. He danced. He did the beat it dance. <laughs> <laughs> he did. This, this always made me angry. He did the beat it dance in the smooth criminal outfit, which was not correct. Yeah. But it was really good to just plonk it on there, just to you know, have a good. I love the uh, annals of MSN flirting. Oh, that's, a, that's a book we could write. It, yeah. Absolutely, because I. This is again showing how old yeah. I am. Um, I, I didn't get social media like proper social media. As we yeah. have it now. I had MySpace, obviously. Oh yeah. Like, the proper yeah. annuals like Facebook was not a thing until I was nearly graduated from university. Wow. So my entire university life yeah. was. MSN messenger flirting. Mm. There has been nothing in the world as powerful as the MSN messenger hug. Do you know what I mean? I, I have it saved on my phone to send to people when they're a bit sad. <laughs> uh, and Glenn Dallas says, love the pairing of Luke and Dan. Aww. All the love fest we've got in the comments. Yeah. Also, Steve Farrow said, Luke not catching any of Dan's jokes is cracking me up. Did I miss a lot of your jokes last week? I'm just... Just quick fire. Yeah. Get on my level is what I'm saying. Absolutely, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we need to get into the show itself. And then we've got some very interesting thoughts on multiverse movies, Indeed. which we'll get into in the outro portion of this. But for now, let's talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. We're going to kick things off this week, going back to Spider-Man No Way Home. Spider-Man, it's just really, it's just doing its thing. Everyone's still talking about it. Is it is the moment. Yeah. We thought we talked about Doctor Strange 2 for the yeah. last couple of weeks, which yeah. is, you know, effectively... The next moment. The, the, the next Spider-Man No Way <laughs> yeah. Home. But uh, we're going back to Spider-Man mm -hmm. because... Uh, some concept art was released this week by Andrew Reader, who did some pieces for Sony's MCU movie. And it includes this idea. Mm. And this is, I find this very interesting. You were quite taken by this bit of concept art. Can you do an impression of my reaction? Oh. Yeah, it was very, it was all very BBC 1974, wasn't it? It was like, oh, oh, oh. Because this shows the final battle uh, at the Statue of Liberty, as seen in the trailer. We're still doing no spoilers. Producer Rich over there still hasn't seen the Which, movie. Which, at this point, is your fault. It's, the, it's one of the highest grossing movies ever. Well, I know, but he is also, he's not been very well. He's got a kid. I very much appreciate all <sighs> well, of this. Well, whose choice was that? I was listening <laughs> to a podcast today on the way into work that said, well, it's been six weeks. If he, if you haven't yeah. seen it by now, this is your fault. And I'm like, guys, it's only six weeks. Six weeks is a long time. <laughs> Christmas was during those six weeks. Anyways, we're still no spoilers, but you know. Fine. You saw it in the trailer. They do a bite at the uh, Statue of Liberty. That's not a spoiler. So, but in the, the this concept art shows that it wasn't just the baddies from previous movies that were seen mm. in the trailer, like Doc Hawk, Goblin, Lizardy Sandman, Lizardy Dude. But also Mysterio mm. from Spider-Man. God, what was the last one called? Far From Far Home? Far From Home. Far From Home. Far From Home and No Way Home, both, they're interchangeable for me. You know when I did the Tom Dolan thing? Yeah. 
I nearly called vividly. <laughs> I nearly called the movie "No Way Far From Home." <laughs> Not from, no way far from homecoming. <laughs> I was so focused on the Tom Dolan thing that I was far like, from oh, nowhere. No. <laughs> nearly got the title of the film yeah. wrong as well. But um, so yeah, it shows that Mysterio from the previous movie mm. is also in this final battle. So I suppose my question is first, why, and then follow well, up with how. Interesting because. Again, not really a spoiler. The, the the movie begins picking up right where the last movie left off, which is that uh, Peter Parker has been outed as Spider-Man as a result of Mysterio doing a deep fake, essentially, did, yeah, yeah. didn't he? Uh, so that's very much the inciting incident. There's something to play with, with like bringing Mysterio back and being like, you did this to me, I'm cross at you. Um, so that's how I would imagine they would include him mm -hmm. the intriguing part as to why they maybe were like probably not the one aside from jake gyllenhaal's a busy man um is probably kind of ties into what we were talking about last week with the multiverse extravaganza which is that maybe too many yeah that's what i'm thinking mm. like you if you are if you've written a script yeah. that has got like all of these villains in there and you're like and also mysterio yeah i think yeah you maybe if you're going through rewrite stuff you're like let's just pair this back a little bit. We don't need to mm. do this very much now. Because there's a lot of chatter online about how the fact that we didn't, you know, is Quentin Beck actually dead? Yeah. And is this a way for us to be able to have Mysterio come back in a future movie? But I think doing it in a future movie makes way much more sense. Mm. Given how, again, no spoilers, uh, how sort of No Way Home concludes. Yeah. And the anger and resentment that he may have towards Quentin Beck. As a result of his circumstances. Exactly, yeah. So I think that makes more sense to do in a future movie as opposed to lose it yeah. within a movie that's got 1,500 other, 1, other things it going on. It kind of is a little bit like uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, if you'll remember. This, was, this, was, this is a, a deep cut. Uh, from a movie from, that's only 10 years ago. I know, isn't, isn't that wild to think about? Uh, but there was... It, it was shot, it was part of the film, it was all included. Uh, Shailene Woodley was going to be playing MJ. And there were people online that were like, she is not pretty enough to... And they were incorrect. Imagine like, saying, Shailene Woodley is not pretty enough. Imagine those standards. Who are those people? You know, I, I want to see what they look like. like <laughs> to my wife, you know when the star was born is out? Yeah. And it was like, are they trying to tell me that Lady Gaga is not a pretty person? Because they are insane. The, the stretch they had to take. <laughs> Just straight yeah. to me like, oh, I don't think people find me attractive. I'm like, you're Lady Gaga! Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think what was interesting about that movie is that she was involved. It was a thing. They were setting that up. But in order to really emphasize, can I spoil Amazing Spider-Man 2? If you, I mean, has it, it's been more than six weeks. It's, been, it's been considerably more than six weeks. The resulting, the end, I still feel weird about saying it. <laughs> it's a 10-year-old movie, but Gwen... Gwen, Gwen dies. Gwen, thank you, thank you for doing it for me. <laughs> Gwen dies at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2. And it would have taken away from the emotional resonance of that moment to have a, a, a complicated love interest. The whole film was about how these two people just couldn't stay away from each other. Yeah. And how as much as he maybe felt the guilt of... It's, it's, it's the Spider-Man trope of the trauma of dealing with, the, you know, the split personality and trying to have it all but can't. Um, to have MJ in there would have detracted from that narrative. Yeah. So they made the very smart decision, unfortunately for Shailene, to, to cut her from that and include her in Amazing Spider-Man 3, which is still due to be released at some point, I'm sure. Exactly, yeah. Um, the idea being we'll do that in a future movie. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, funnily enough, compared to Spider-Man 3, 
Okay. Going back even further, because yeah. like I think one of the biggest problems that Spider-Man Three has is that they try and do a Venom storyline mm. in, a, in a Sandman movie. Yeah. So the Venom storyline doesn't be given any chance to really develop. Mm. So at the end of it, it's just like, oh, and now he is Venom, and oh, he hates Peter Parker, and we yeah. hate Spider-Man. It's like, well, it's a really like get full Venom. You mm. need to have done a lot more than what you did. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was a problem of having too many villains in the movies. Yeah. You also had Green Goblin Two in there. Mm -hmm. So I think they, I if they did cut him out of this movie for reasons of we've already got enough stuff going on, I think mm. that's such a smart call. Incredibly smart call. And that again goes to show that, you know, in Feige we trust. I think there is something they they're clever about when what they deploy and when. Mm. You know, there was a reason that we dragged Thanos out for many, many post-credit sequences for the longest time. Like they know what they're doing, they know what makes a good story. And ultimately it, it you can have as many effects, you can have as many cool action set pieces as you want if the story isn't strong enough the movie's going to fall down and yeah. that's why no way home has done so well and there's a chance that if it you know had been too complicated too convoluted too, too clunky you get one shot it's the doctor strange one gift that i always go back to with this movie um yeah you get one shot and they did it so if they had this concept up designed up which mm -hmm. means that there was originally a version of this movie that did have Mysterio in there that would suggest to me then that there are plans for him to come back unless an intern just felt their oats that day and decided they were going to draw that and and somehow it's leaked and it's like whoops that was never going to be a plan or unless of course again in Feige we trust smartest man in the business he got this commissioned even though there was never any plans He's to put out a there long because it's what like, you're suggesting exactly because then we could just release that online yeah. and get the nerds talking <laughs> and it's worked well done the nerds chatter online oh, no. <laughs> I'm so excited that my mic pack has fallen to the floor <laughs> careful they're expensive <laughs> I'm sorry get that nerd chatter online about mm. people being like oh Mysterio yeah. because hey maybe he'll come back but do you think that there is a chance he'll be back in a future movie yeah, like there's, 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 the only person who's not coming back is Uncle Ben. Like the only person who stays dead is Uncle Ben. Like it's the same, you know, thing. I think that in these in these movies, in these stories, we've got a multiverse now. Anything goes. There's yeah. every chance he comes back in a future movie. And if there are narrative um, strands to tie together, and you know, why not? Why not? And I would like to see it. Same here. This week's big release is the family favorite sequel. I mean, I suppose I can't say this is the family favorite because people haven't seen it, it yet. It might but, be. But the first one is certainly a family favorite. Yeah. Sing 2 is out in cinemas now. A mm. uh, friend of mine who has got young kids loved the yeah. first Sing movie. It was one of those films like, it's on every day in the house. Right. Like over and over again, yeah. on repeat ad nauseum. And even then he was like, still really good though yeah. because it, how can you not enjoy a movie that's got it's full of catchy pop songs well this is it it's the it's the the greatest showman became the cult classic it was because those tunes were banging a musical is only as good as the songs that is within it and you know we all know why glee was so popular was we love to see what they were going to do with all of the the classic songs that we know and love the sing the sing franchise as i suppose it is now the sing mm -hmm. series it you know plays on that the sing multiverse Let's do it. Is, um, is Mysterio going to be in Sing 2, do you think? Is it just me? So this is maybe a controversial take. Oh, wow. Get ready. Gird your loins. Greatest Showman soundtrack is all right. 
Like it is, it is okay. And the reason why, see you later, Dan. <laughs> I think it is okay. My wife and I were listening to tracks of it the other day because it was on our Spotify mm-hmm. playlist. Yeah. Is every song starts the same way, which is Hugh Jackman mumbles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so true. It's like, you can't hear it either. You've got to th- turn the volume all the way up because it's Hugh Jackman going. It's a really good Hugh Jackman you just done there. That was quite vivid. I was transported. I it's too loud because he finally kicks into the verse. So back down we go. Can I give you a little behind the scenes trivia? Please do. I think the statute of limitations has run out. I was I was approached in my capacity as a YouTuber about a potential thing that was going to happen for The Greatest Showman, which was that they were going to do like a playlist of covers of The Greatest Showman songs. And my one was going to be From Now On, which is the final song of the the movie that begins with the... Um, And so I heard the soundtrack before seeing the movie. Yeah. I listened to all of them. God, I, th- I think... God, you're important. Oh, I'm so special. Yeah. You have no idea. I loved the songs. I thought the songs were great. It's Pasek and Paul, who, for those who are familiar, did Dear Evan Hansen, which was a film that came out last year, did the music for La La Land, a classic of the genre. Uh, so I was very into them. I think they're great pop songs. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple in there that are beautiful. There's the one Michelle Williams sings, which I think yeah. is wonderful, which is called, I can't think of it, is that in this current moment. Hi, Anna. Tightrope. Mm-hmm. It's called Tightrope. Um, there's the one that might as well be a pink song that um, happens at the beginning. I think Pink did a cover of it. That's why I think it's a Pink song. Um, But I loved the soundtrack. And then I saw the movie. And for me, I had created the narrative to the songs. And I'd gone, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And then I saw the movie. It wasn't as good as the movie I created in my head. (laughs) So I was a little bit frustrated. But I I disagree with you entirely. I think those songs are absolute bangers. I think a lot of them are pretty good. And it's Hugh Jackman's best cast recording since Les Miserables when he chose vibrato. (laughs) Uh, He he chose chaos with that vibrato. (laughs) But no, I I, I know. I I, I like a little, I like a musical. I like a musical. I don't think Hugh Jackman is at fault with the lame misty. I think everyone's more painting fun at uh, Russell Crowe uh, for anything in those. I, I will not hear a word against my friend Russell Crowe. <laughs> no, I mean, in the same way that people poked fun at uh, Bronholm for uh, Mamma Mia. Yeah, uh, well, I, here's a story about my trip to Mamma Mia, <laughs> which this won't surprise you. Yeah. I saw maybe seven times at the cinema uh, in various guises. Um, at the close, spoilers for Mamma Mia. At the close of Mamma Mia, Pierce Brosnan rips his shirt off in a downpour. Mm-hmm. And he goes like this. <sighs> and uh, Mysterio was also cut from that. Yeah, finale. Mysterio <laughs> and Doctor Strange were flying around the Greek island the whole time. Um, and uh, <laughs> these, these women behind me <laughs> just went, oh, Piers. <laughs> <laughs> so now I can't see that moment without that. You know, and maybe you'll have the same experience as Sing too. Who's to say? Going to say book tickets to see. Yeah. Sing. <laughs> Down, using the link in the, the koala rips off its skin. It probably oh, won't, kids. Oh, Don't oh, worry about oh, it. Oh, Taron, no. <laughs> also out in cinemas this week: Belfast, Nightmare Alley, Licorice Pizza, Scream, The Matrix Resurrections, and Spider-Man: No Way Home. What's your pick of the week? Um, I picked Nightmare Alley last week. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip reverse it, like Blazing Squad, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go with Belfast. I've seen Blazing Squad live. Um, you th- are old. <laughs> <laughs> 
they were from the town over from me, so they used to play. Oh, okay. Of, like, a lot of pop gigs. Yeah, a lot of pop gigs. Yeah, a lot of pop gigs. So in, you, in... Did you see them at the crossroads? Um, I no, I didn't see. I saw them. In Do parks. you know the crossroads that it was based on? Have you have you been there? Yeah, have you to, been well, to the fabled crossroads? I, I mean, I, yeah, I got, I've been to Basingstoke a few times. <laughs> <laughs> What's your pick of the week, please? Uh, my pick of the week is actually, I mean, sing to. I'm a, a new father. Uh-huh. I think my kid will appreciate it at the four weeks, uh, four months old. Um, however, I, I think as a family man, I would absolutely want to see that. However, uh, Five Cream is my pick of the week uh, now because I have seen it and, and it is wonderful. Big fan. Oh, big, big fan. So, so, so good. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And I agree. It is the best one since the, since the first one. In fairness, though, I don't think that is too hard of a hurdle to yeah. leave because the second and third ones aren't great. But I think I, I, dwelled, I did. You I like Scream Four. I love Scream Four. Scream Four. I thought Scream Four was awesome. So yeah, I'm, well I'm on glad that, that Five Cream lived up to your expectations. Five Cream is excellent. So yeah. that is my pick of the week. There you go. You can book yourself some tickets to see Jackass Forever, Moonfall, and Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. So let's talk about Death on the Nile now, because we get to talk about Moonfall in just a little Mm -hmm. bit as well. You're quite excited for this movie. Yeah. I I wasn't the biggest fan of um, uh, the the last one, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. But I do, even though I'm not a... A fan. I wasn't the biggest fan yeah. of it. I enjoy the scenery-chewing nature of it. Are I, you a fan of murder mysteries in general? Love Knives Out. Well, there and you I, go. And I absolutely and like that is what I'm sort of expecting from this mm. one. I think they're going to go more in less scenery-chewing this time around and more like. I don't think that. Uh-oh. I think they will they will chew the scenery until there's none left and they're working in a blank void. I I like Agatha Christie. I'm a very big Agatha Christie fan. Um, I read very many of them. Murder on the Orient Express is one of my favorite books of all time. I think it's a classic. I think it's wonderful. Uh, so I was so excited when they were going to do this movie. I love an ensemble cast. It's all very camp. That's I'm the great into thing it. about it, right? Yeah, and then uh, and that cast in particular was great. You know, so I was a I was a big fan. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I think that Knives Out, as an example of something that came out at a similar time and is in the same genre, was the superior movie. But I had a really good time with it. And I there's something I love about that, like rich committing to the period like everything is very stylized and, and beautiful and you've paid a lot of attention to detail and the costuming and the production design i'm into it it's all high camp i'm there the mustache is is off the chain i would like it to get bigger with each movie oh yeah doing more acting yeah. than and characters. i listened to uh, death on the nile audiobook last year uh, while i was on my uh, recommended daily walks mm. just to refresh my memory of the story and it's a it's a really fun one so it's going to be a lot who's it read by uh, David Suchet. The is OG it really? Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Same with the Murder on the Orient Express. He does a few of them, mm. which is which is a lot of accents on the go. However, I want to talk about Moonfall because we've got an unlimited screening of Moonfall coming up on February 2nd. We've also got Jockey on January 31st and Marry Me on February 10th. But I want to talk about Moonfall. But first, J-Lo. Oh, thank you. Okay, that's all I needed. I didn't need a moment for that. Yeah? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? You can do it. Just don't be fooled by the rocks that she's got. <laughs> she is always Jenny from the block. Always. Yeah. Now you can well, talk about Moonfall. Well, I want to talk about Moonfall because I am unapologetically a fan of Roland Emmerich. Uh-huh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think Stargate yeah. is quite underrated mm-hmm. uh, by a few people. Is it nonsense? Of course it's nonsense. (laughs) What has that stopped us before? Has Kurt Russell got terrible hair in it? Yes, he has. (laughs) What has that stopped him before? 
It was not advised for Kurt Russell to sport that haircut. But it was 1994. We didn't know any better. A lot of us sported haircuts in 1994 that were not the one. I had the David Beckham curtains. Oh, so did I. Well, mm -hmm. no, mine was a bowl cut. Oh, yeah. So there was a curtain element to it, but it was mm. less, you know. Oh, no, I had the pure, Did like... You... Brill cream and everything. Oh, yeah. Did the you whole... have the dyed ones? Oh, no, I, I, I wouldn't get that. Get my, that my school wouldn't have allowed that. Sort oh, of yeah. But, wow. um, yeah. So you would, like, I had quite a big head of hair, put lots of gel in it, then yeah. comb it through, and yeah. so much gel gets caught you into get the comb. Yeah, yeah and yeah, you can yeah. put it back in the pot. Oh. Was it one of those giant pots of, like, lurid Dude. WKD blue Yes, you... Oh, it was yeah. delightful. Anyway, so, Stargate, fan of that. Massive fan of Independence Day. Of course, a classic. I am a Godzilla nerd. The... Like, the, like the original run, like... in uh, general. Yeah, like the, all the Toho stuff. Yeah. I absolutely love Godzilla movies. And while the 98 Ron Lemmer Godzilla movie is made by someone who does not like Godzilla movies, I, I can yeah. appreciate it for it being a giant monster movie. Mm -hmm. Again, nonsense, yeah. but I kind of enjoy it. I even enjoy, like, 2012 and all this sort of stuff. And Let me tell you about this. Uh, I was taken on a school trip. Uh, our, our, I did Latin. I went to grammar school. I know I'm right. Uh, we, we did Latin and our Latin trip was to the movies. Mm -hmm. uh, just to say, well done. Happy Christmas. You've studied or whatever. We went to see The Day After Tomorrow. Yeah. No Latin involved in that whatsoever. Absolutely not, Nonetheless. No. However, that was my introduction to uh, the concept of climate change. Oh, really? Uh, so Al Gore... Suck it. <laughs> Roland Emmerich Roland is the Emmerich. one who taught me to care for the planet and recycle. So now we have got Roland Emmerich is just like, well, let's do the moon. Yeah. Why and, not? Oh, and why not? And like, you look at that title and you're like, love it. Moonfall. And then you watch the train and you're like, I cannot wait to see this movie. Yeah. Because it is just, oh, I, 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 I'm so, so excited yeah. to see like a proper big Roland Emmerich. I want, yeah. it, to be, I want it to be nonsense. Mm. I want stuffy critics to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I want and they will, and you and know. They, and they will. I want to listen to Five Live, and James King goes on there and is like, well, this was very, very yeah. soon. like, yes, it was, yes, James it was. King. <laughs> because here's the thing, though. I, For me, part of the whole joy of going to the pictures is when things are big and smashy and a bit stupid. Yeah. Like, I want joy. I want good. But if you if you go and see a film and you leave and you go, that was trash, mm -hmm. that's part of the fun. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let, okay. Good trash is a really a, a good genre. That's a, that's something we should cling to. It is indeed. And that is Roland Emmerich's oeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he has very much been the watermark. <laughs> he, he, has, he has been, like, the benchmark rather than the watermark. I mean, come on. Halle Berry, yeah. Patrick Wilson. Let's, uh, I mean, like, let, let's hear this as a, as a synopsis. Please. Uh, I, and I would like you to do it in your best sort of Roland Emmerich trailer voice. In Moonfall, a mysterious force knocks the moon from its orbit around Earth and sends it hurtling... <laughs> I, I need a minute already. <laughs> and sends it hurtling on a collision course with life as we know it. With mere weeks before impact <laughs> and the world on the brink of annihilation, NASA executive and former astronaut Joe Fowler is convinced she has the key to save us all. But only one astronaut from her past, Brian Harper, and a conspiracy theorist, Casey Houseman, believe her. These unlikely heroes will mount on an impossible last-ditch mission into space, leaving behind everyone they love, only to find they may, uh, they may have prepared for the wrong mission. Oh no, that was, what a palaver. Oh my God, I cannot wait. Yeah. We've also got some event cinema coming up. Royal Opera House Live's performance of the Ballet of Romeo and Juliet will be in select cinemas on February 14th and the National Theatre Live's performance of The Book of Dust on the 17th of February.
So I like this from Al Harren, who said, While the temptation to go all in on the alternate universe is strong, I think the Turtles Forever route is a good way to cram it in without overpowering the film's narrative. I'm a bit leery that the success of No Way Home could be misconstrued. The film was great because each of the characters contributed to the story and never overwhelmed the home universe or overstayed their welcome. Mm. Um, well, this is what ties into the mysterious thing that we were discussing in the, exactly, the main yeah. show, is that you know, it's being smart with your resources. Exactly, yeah, because I think after the success of Spider-Man, yeah. there was, like, you know, we were talking about them last week, the reports that Doctor Strange has gone in to do more mm -hmm. reshoot in order to do more of this stuff. Yeah. As in, like, oh, this is now the new secret This is what form people like. This is the new secret formula to success. Yeah. And I think there is a chance that it could be, like, ah, that, that was where you, you mm -hmm. jumped the shark, and it was very early in your yeah. career to be jumping this shark. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Let's have another one. Uh, Solil says uh, the Ghost Rider was also rumoured to appear in Doctor Strange 2. So be Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. I mean, any addition of Nicolas Cage makes any movie better. Yeah. yeah. I was reading... Um, uh, so I, I do another podcast. And in that we... What? Oh, yeah. I do multiple of them. And Outrageous. in that we were talking about the biggest movies of 1995 that we had missed, right? And one of those in the UK box office was Dumb and Dumber. Oh. And I didn't know this about the movie... Nicolas Cage was actually supposed to be Harry alongside Jim Carrey as oh. Lloyd. But, Jim, but Nicolas Cage was asking for more money. Mm. But really what the Faraday Brothers wanted to do is they wanted to cast Jeff Daniels yeah. in the role. Because right. Jeff Daniels had only done serious movies until that yeah. point. So they were like, wouldn't it be so great if he did a comedy mm. movie? So New Line, low-balled Jeff Daniels. So bear in mind, Nicolas Cage is asking for like $2 million yeah. on top of what they, they'd already offered him for. Mm -hmm. They gave Jeff Daniels fifty grand. To oh the star God. in the movie, thinking like, well, he'll never he'll accept. Never yes, yeah. And then he did. That's so funny. I love it when someone is like, no, I just want to do that. I'll do that for free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they'll just, they'll just take scale or whatever the, the fee is because they just want to have a good time. And my, I think that, that makes it the film more fun. My other uh, fun fact that I learned okay. is that um, Lawrence Fishburne was supposed to play the uh, Zeus in Die Hard 3. No. Yeah. And so he was in negotiations with them and like, they were going over the money in this and the yeah. other. And while they were going through these contract negotiations, the producer, one of the producers, went to Cannes to see the opening of Pulp Fiction. Uh -huh. And in that movie, we were like, oh my God, this Sam Jackson guy's amazing. He's, we got, should, he's got something. He's got something. We should cast him as Zeus. Mm. So that was how, so they met Sam Jackson and they cast him. And Lawrence Fishburne sued the production, like, you know, the oh, producers and 20th Century Fox because they had a verbal contract. They ended up settling out of court. Yeah. The high irony of this is that Lawrence Fishburne was supposed to play Jules in Pulp Fiction, but his no. agent talked him out of it. Oh, my God. I, we need to have a moratorium on agents talking people out doing good roles. So Kate Winslet was supposed to be in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Hmm. She was supposed to play the Grey Lady. Or she was offered the part, anyway. But her agent turned it down without even showing it to her. Why? Because she said, or the agent said, like, she wouldn't be in a... Everyone else has been in it, so what's the point kind of thing. And I'm like, I'll fire you. If you, if you don't show... At the very least, be like, do you want to play this ghost? Mm -hmm. You know? I'd have been fuming. Absolutely, yeah. I did. Uh, also, I've got a couple of other uh, potential ones here that... Um... Evan Peters uh, will be in Quicks as Quicksilver in oh, yeah. Strange, yeah. which was such a thrill in One Division. I remember yeah. when he popped up. Spoilers. <laughs> I uh, but it's been over six weeks. <laughs> I leant out of my chair. I yeah. leant forward. I was I was literally on all fours in front of the telly, like, oh my god, that was yeah. wild. That was genius. So if if they want to play with that again, I'm on board. Uh, but lastly, from Fernando said, what we don't want here is 
another Ready Player One or Space Jam 2. Yeah, and that's a great, great comparison. Because that was one where I was looking at it like, okay. Yeah, like, I, I enjoyed Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yeah. But my, my overall feeling of it was like, what do I mean? I'm here for the Looney Tunes. Yeah, I'm exactly. here for the Looney Tunes and, and you know, like the, the, the basketball thing. Mm. What I don't want to see is... The Iron Giant and Clockwork yeah. Orange and all the other, like, and, even, and sort of missing the point of what made uh, the original Space Jam so much fun. Yes, exactly. And I think it's it's it. <sighs> Marvel is slightly different, but when it does feel sometimes a little bit like the thing. With the, okay, right. I'm about. I'm trying to not do a rant because I want to be supportive <laughs> of my movies. But the thing with Space Jam: A New Legacy. The casting of Warner Brothers as the villains was very fascinating to me. Mm. That they were like, we are our own villains. It's because they also did that in the Matrix Revolutions as well. Exactly. It's like, who, who, who is the sort of like sadist in charge of like, <laughs> in charge of Warner Brothers? Like, <laughs> the head of Warner Brothers is like, no one likes us. Should we, yeah. Are we the baddies? Yeah, are we the baddies? But I, it, was, it was fascinating to me that they just were like, it, it felt like, oh, look at all of the things that we have rather than a a narratively justified or satisfying inclusion of any of the things. Especially down to the inclusion of the nun from the devils, I thought was really, mm. really shady. <laughs> I didn't really like that very much at all because they've notably refused to release the, the full uh, director's cut of the devils. Um, and the same thing happened at the end of Free Guy. I don't yes. know if you've seen Free Guy. Yes, that, yeah. When, so, okay, spoilers for Free Guy. Another six well. weeks. Anyone in the room? Care? No, okay, okay, <laughs> no one's bothered, just, just checking. Yeah, when he has the Captain America shield. Yeah. And then has the lightsaber. And like, and yeah. It, and that really felt like, oh, that was just, that was reshoots. Especially because the whole thing of, well, completely it's reshoots. Because, because the whole thing of Free Guy, part of what made it so exciting was it was this original IP. It was something new, it was something fresh that had this great, and I really enjoyed it so much. And then that that was there and I was like, because you own it? Why? Like yeah. that really made me a bit cross. And, like, and I guess because I, I like Fortnite do it, right? Yeah, which so, there's a there's a there's a the, justification. There's a but yeah, I would I would could have done with that. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. quite enjoyed the movies. So anything for the sake of it, because you can, yes. is never a good reason to do it. So I think this commentary is bang on the money to, to raise that little query. Uh, you are our comment of the week. Ah, good. Well, you get a a, a, a vase or a, a carriage clock. Can we do that? Um, I'll, I will speak to Cineworld Thank and you. see if we can arrange some carriage clocks to be sent out Excellent. to commenters of the week. Uh, but that is all we've got time for on this edition of the show. We will see you in seven days' time for another What's On at Cineworld Cinemas. I've been Luke Owen. I've been Dan Layton. And that's What's On. <laughs>